1: Adoration is where I bring what I'm really feeling to God and to his word. And I have a dialogue back and forth where I've got God's word in my hand Mm -hmm. and I'm speaking it back to him and asking him as I adore to inform my heart and to inform my mind.
0: Welcome to Cultivating the Lovely. I'm your host, Mackenzie Kappa. And around here, we know that life is hard and we have to do everything we can to just make it a little bit more lovely. So it's my mission to bring you great conversations, practical tools and information, and a healthy dose of community to help make those things happen. If you want to find out more, you can go to our website at cultivatingthelovely.com, visit our amazing membership community at patreon.com cultivatingthelovely, Or by connecting with me on Instagram, which is one of my favorite places to interact with all of you. You can find me at Mackenzie Coppa. Thanks so much for joining me today. Oh, ladies, there could not have been a better person to have on the podcast or a better book to talk about this week than Sarah Hagerty with her brand new book, Adore, which is going to be coming out on the 31st of the month of March. So make sure you go pre-order it today. You're really going to want to pre-order it because we are actually going to be doing a study of Adore, a book club that my good friend, Shell Bruises, who is on the show all the time, is going to be leading with the Patreon ladies in Cultivating the Lovely. We are going to be going through that book and sinking into adoration even in difficult times, which is really what that book is about. It is the perfect book to be going through at a time such as this. It's pretty amazing, especially as you listen in the podcast episode, how this book release got pushed out a number of times because God knew that this was when we were going to need it. So I am so excited to be bringing you this interview today with Sarah Hagerty, but I also want to mention a couple of things because we're doing some special different things right now to help foster community, to make sure that ladies are not feeling alone, to help you to cultivate loveliness even during this difficult time with just some different ideas, everything from health measures to general loveliness in your life. And so there's a couple of ways that you can get involved with that. First of all, we've got a brand new monthly newsletter that you can go subscribe to at mckenziekoppa.substack.com. But in addition, if you go subscribe to that, we have a beautiful little e-zine that we put together that's called Cultivating Loveliness. And quarantine because your sanity still matters in the era of COVID-19. So we want you to be able to get your hands on all of that goodness, and all you have to do is go subscribe to our brand new Substack newsletter. The fun thing about this new platform that we're using, Substack, is that it also allows us to deliver audio versions of of those newsletters. You can expect a bonus episode basically every month. I'm going to have guest writers on the newsletter, all sorts of fun stuff. So you're going to want to be plugged in over there and it's completely free. Then we're also running a special at Patreon. I really wanted ladies to be able to access the amazing cultivating the lovely community during this incredibly difficult time. So we have taken all of the online resources that we offer normally up to the $15 level, the loveliest level and we are offering them to everyone at the $5 level. So if you want to get in at the $5 level right now, you can get in a cultivating group where you get to talk with other ladies on Marco Polo and discuss what's happening and encourage one another. You also get to be a part of our Zoom calls that we are now going to be holding weekly, where we all come together and talk to each other and encourage each other and give each other ideas of how to be working through things. It's an amazing group of women and I am so excited to be offering it on this broader scale and do this special deal all the way through the end of April for right now, because we wanted as many people who maybe couldn't afford this normally to be able to get in there and access all of these community resources because we are reduced right now to virtual community. But guess what? We've been doing virtual community at Cultivating the Lovely for five years now, and we're pretty darn good at it. So if you want to be a part of all those amazing ladies, get an even smaller with a cultivating group, be a part of our daily live shows and our Zoom calls, and all the extra goodies that come with being a part of Cultivating the Lovely Patreon, then come over to patreon.com slash cultivatingthelovely and get signed up at the $5 level today. Now, if you happen to decide that you do want to sign up at the $15 level, there is one perk that we are only offering to those loveliest level members, and that is we are going to be doing a sourdough and seed challenge per se, we are actually going to be sending out seeds for a lovely victory garden and sourdough starter to all of the ladies who are in that level and want to participate. And I am going to be walking through it step by step with them alongside Shell and my good friend Katie Duckett, who has been on the podcast a couple of times. She's like a sourdough pro. She's amazing in the kitchen and she is going to walk us through how to do that. I'll be showing you my foibles and how I'm getting through it and starting to Make sourdough bread for my family, and we want you to all be able to do that during this crazy time as well. So, if you want to join, we've got so many different opportunities going on in Patreon. We want you to be in there with us. We also are going to have another book club coming up. We're going to be reading Persuasion together. See, there's so much stuff to foster community because we need it, and we want to serve you guys in this way. So, come over to Patreon again. Patreon.com/slash/CultivatingTheLovely. See all the different ways that you can join us and get involved. We want to see your virtual face and get you plugged into this community so that you don't feel isolated during this time, but you feel supported and encouraged and get to laugh a lot because if you follow me on Instagram, then you know just how weird I am. All right, ladies, without further ado, though, let's get on with this episode with Sarah Haggerty. Welcome, Sarah. Oh, thank you for having me on. I am so excited to be having you on, especially right now because the world is in an uproar and I think this book is so needed. We were kind of chatting before we got rolling here and I was just saying like all these books that of people I'm having on right now, they all seem to have been like perfectly placed in the timeline of when we were going to need them and it's
1: just crazy to yeah, me. The timing is pretty crazy. I never thought I'd be releasing a book when the world is... Uh, turned upside down
0: yeah <laughs> and about adoration of the lord but when you get into it it like it's so It's so perfect
1: for right now. So, But for people Mm -hmm. who don't know who you are, would you like to introduce yourself? Sure. I um, am crazy. I have seven kids. I probably could just say that much and then that would be enough because crazy people have seven kids. I love to write. I oftentimes call myself a writer. I moonlight as a writer because I have seven kids and I have a lot of unexpected. I, I didn't necessarily plan to have this many children, but the Lord obviously had a different plan. We've got my oldest four kids are from Africa. Um, we adopted them from different countries in Africa and then just had a, a three very surprising pregnancies, um, 13, wow. 16, 18 years after we were married. So wow. I've got teenagers, uh, one who's about ready to drive um, if the DMV would be open to give her <laughs> a test. And I have, a, I have an infant in diapers. So it's pretty crazy. Yeah. Yeah which you didn't when you wrote this book, right? I didn't. I, uh, well, the last, I sort of did the last stint of writing pregnant, um, okay. which I had written most of the book before I found out that I was pregnant. And that was really ultimately our, our largest surprise pregnancy. I'm 42. Um, we, we certainly thought we were finished having children. Yeah. Like I guess I've got teenagers, So it was a big surprise to be in the last few months of writing this book and pregnant and nauseous and tired, but oh, I did it and I did felt it. his
0: hand on it. <laughs> that's amazing. Well, and yeah, that's, that's a whole story in and of itself. <laughs> I'm sure. But I, I am just so excited to have you on. I had not been familiar with your work before this book came across my desk, but I have a few friends that I kind of run books by that are coming out and say like, who do you think I should have on the podcast? Like, have you heard any of these people or whatever? And my friend, Shell, flipped her lid and she was like I don't fangirl I am not that person but oh my goodness if I could be a fly on the wall in that interview she was just so excited she was like you've got to have her on yes thank you she will love to hear that from you because she is a big fan and for good reason because okay I'm going to keep using her for a second here to to sing your praises because shell loves like amazing theological writing and beauty and deep things and so values us drawing closer to the lord and what that looks like and how to make that happen and so for her to say that she loves you and your writing as much as she does
1: man that is high high compliment yeah Oh, thank so, you for saying
0: that. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Because I felt like it needed to be said because I know if she gets that excited about something, then I, I need to perk my ears up and pay attention. And oh, thank it's you. true. It's true. But this book is called Adore, a simple practice for experiencing God in the middle minutes of your day. And, you know, it's funny because I think a lot of people are saying like, oh, we're just like home watching Netflix now. (laughs) It's like, no, actually now I not only work from home, but I'm homeschooling my children and (laughs) like doing all of the things. Right.
1: Yeah. Life just got a lot more full.
0: Yeah. A lot more full. And so I think that idea of those middle minute is even more applicable right now. And I'm wondering if Mm -hmm. you have felt that Mm -hmm. during this time.
1: Yeah. I mean, I I actually already homeschooled my kids before this. So I think yeah. some of our daily rhythms haven't changed all that much. Yeah. Um, which is kind of interesting. I look at the timing of this book coming out and so much of what is in these pages are stories about having a really full life mm-hmm. and going, I have to find God here. And so in some ways, I think what works, and not that I haven't experienced pressing, I literally think every person, and at least in the United States, but I know worldwide, many, many are experiencing some level of pressing that's absolutely new, newer than it was 10 days ago. Um, and, and what I write about in the book is like, what do you do? I I think early on, you know, in my early twenties, I thought I'm going to live this like radical life for God. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm going to do these big things for God and, uh, share the gospel across the earth. You know, the things that you think in, in sort of capital letters, um, all caps in your twenties, even adopting, not that that was our, our motivation, but those felt like, oh, those early days when we were adopting, it felt like, isn't life like this? You move from one big event in God to another big event in God. But as, as time has stretched on and I have more years that I've been living on the earth, I see mm-hmm. that probably 80% of our life is the middle minutes. Those minutes that aren't when I'm doing the crazy, wild, big things for God. And I think all of us right now are experiencing the fact that those minutes are probably more filled with anxiety than we ever realized. Mm -hmm. The overwhelm is we can't escape it. Um, The pressure is kind of in our face. In some ways, I think what's happened is the top layer has been taken off of our Mm -hmm. lives and we've been able to look inside a little bit and go, I'm more anxious than I thought. I'm more overwhelmed Mm -hmm. than I thought. And I was probably overwhelmed even before this happened yeah I have more of a fearful bent than I thought I did, yeah, and so this book is really interestingly enough. I wrote it from a place where that top layer was off for me a little bit just because of have having so many children and a surprise yeah. pregnancy, and how do I find God there?
0: yeah, and in a lot of ways, I relate to that feeling of I feel like the the last two and a half years have stripped away a lot of those layers yeah. where you know I like to have control and know what to expect and know what's coming but for two and a half years now I've lived in this constant place of I don't know what next week is going to look like I don't know when we're going to go back to court or Mm -hmm. when the parenting plan is going to change or when I'm going to have my kids when I'm not what what is going to happen even when Mm -hmm. the divorce was going to be over I had no control over when that would end. And if you had told me so in the hard. beginning, like how long it was going to be, I would have thought I can't survive that. <laughs> I can't do that. Right. But, but now looking back, I can see more of not necessarily why it took as long as it did, but the work that God did in that time. And it was a That's slow right. burn, you know, and I think now we're all faced with that, that unknowing of Okay, when when is all of this craziness going to come to an end, or what is the world going to look like? And we have to somehow kind of get comfortable in those middle minutes of I can't mm-hmm. I can't look towards that that end goal right now. I just have to be here, present with where God has me.
1: It is crazy to think about times that we've had like of real hardship mm-hmm. um, and real uncertainty, and look back on every single one probably and we look back and we go, there was something he was forging in me. Mm-hmm. Um, but here we are again, where I feel like it's probably more uncertain for most people than anything has been. Yeah. And to actually really believe that he's forging something, I think is a different story. I think there's something yeah. about looking back. It's yeah. hard in the present. You know, one example oh, that yeah. my husband's been using um, is just, you know, there was a study that was done. And of course I can't cite it. I, I, this is now two people removed, but, where researchers told people to stop looking at the white bear. Well, immediately when I say stop looking at the white bear, what do you do? Like you think, or stop thinking about the white bear. Um, immediately you think about the white bear. And mm-hmm. I think in some ways, so many of us are facing that with fear where we know as Christians, he's called us to fear not, but mm-hmm. yet just telling ourselves stop fearing isn't sufficient anymore. Mm-hmm. We maybe could for a little F fears, like in terms of things that we could avoid or escape with, you know, literally just running out to Starbucks. Yeah. Um, whereas now I think we're in a place where we have to actually walk through our fear with God mm-hmm. because it's not sufficient anymore to say, just stop being afraid Christians because you're not supposed to be.
0: Yeah, it's absolutely true. And I totally agree with what you said about like, it's so much easier to look back than it is to be in it. <laughs> and And that's what I really mm-hmm. like about your book because it is teaching you what to do to be in it.
1: Yeah. I I think the gift that we have in this time is that we can avoid the things that have been subterranean before Mm -hmm. now. Yeah. Like, I mean, I will say to you, and I'm saying to myself, Sarah, you had fear before this. Yeah. You had anxiety about unknowns before this. You had struggles with control before this. And Now you can't avoid them anymore. Mm-hmm. And so in a sense, we've been given a gift to go, what do I do with them? And adoration is really, I mean, the way that I have defined it is it's the nexus. And, and I draw this definition from looking at the Psalms, because I think the Psalmists give us a real grid for adoration. hmm it's the nexus of my raw emotions and the truth of who God is. So adoration is where I bring what I'm really feeling, not what I should be feeling, not the, not the, if I could coach myself into right thinking, what would I say? But what I'm actually feeling in that moment, I bring that to God and to his word. And I have a dialogue back and forth where I've got God's word in my hand Mm -hmm. And I'm speaking it back to him, but I'm not speaking it back to him and ignoring my own emotions. I'm actually coming from my emotions, bringing them to him Mm -hmm. and asking him as I adore to inform my heart and to inform my mind.
0: And I love that because like you even say in the book, we try to often only approach God like we would get ready for Sunday service. Like we put, we try to put on our best when really that's not what God even wants from us. He wants us to come to him honestly and to know him in that way, instead of just peripherally like a stranger. Like he, he wants us to come in that way to him. And I think people need to know that right now. Like he doesn't expect you to be buttoned up
1: and polished. I don't, and he's, he actually isn't standing over. you saying, stop being afraid. I mean, I know his word says in Isaiah 41, fear not, but I think the second part of that for, I am with you. I think this is the time where we start to go. He's with me in the thoughts that I have at 333 Mm -hmm. on a Monday afternoon. He's with me in the, the thoughts that flood my mind at 645 in the morning. And I think as Christians, we have the opportunity now to actually encounter that rather than just telling ourselves and telling each other about it. I practically speaking, and I write, I mean, ironically, or not so ironically, I write in the book about Several different stories about my family experiencing pressing. We had the flu. It lasted for six weeks. We were quarantined. And what that was like to literally have no outlet other than my thoughts. (laughs) I mean, I had no place to escape my thoughts. And so I'm bringing before God just the discomfort of taking care of all my kids, my entire family. And it just kept cycling through our family. Mm -hmm. And then some of the fear of our safety and the anxiety that I had about, am I up to the task to do this? And then the frustration of, I want to crawl out of my skin right now because I just want a little bit of reprieve, but I'm sick. You're sick. We're all sick. Mm -hmm. And so in that moment, I chose, and I, and I don't say that out of like, look at me and my strength, I chose. In, my moment, in that moment, I really had no other option, which mm-hmm. is, I think, in a sense where many of us are right now. Yeah. I had no other option but to say, God, I'm going to bring my anxiety to you. I'm going to bring my overwhelmed feelings to you. I'm going to bring my frustration to you. And I'm going to speak your word to my heart. And so it looks like going up and down the stairs going, Psalm 139, one. Lord, you search me and you know me. You mm-hmm. know this anxious thought. I feel alone. I feel neglected by you. I feel like I'm out here paddling out in the ocean by myself, but your word says that you search me and you know me. I adore you that you know me right now. Mm -hmm. And up and down the stairs, like helping a kid, you know, helping change sheets or bring water or vitamins to certain kids. And just uh, under my breath, instead of just reciting how frustrated I am over and over again, I take those frustrations to him and I say, His word back, right? Isaiah 41, your word says, Fear not, for I am with you. Okay, God, I don't feel like you're with me right now. I actually feel like it's all up to me and I need to be strong, but I'm really weak. And your word says, Fear not, you're with me and you'll strengthen me and you'll help me. That's Isaiah 41 10. I adore you that you promised to strengthen me, that I don't have to strengthen me. I adore Mm -hmm. you that you promised to help me, even though I don't feel like I'm helped in this current moment your promises that you're going to help me. I adore you, God. And that's what it looks like.
0: Yeah. Even when it doesn't feel true to keep
1: saying right. those things,
0: because that's what can help. It's like the only way to change your mind is to just complete bathing it with actual truth to make, I think you talk about little shifts in the book to get your heart and your mind back in line with what is the truth because it's very easy to feel like that isn't true.
1: Oh yeah. And we all feel, I mean, we all know the right answers right now. You know, we can post those to social media, but like when we're quiet and alone, I I mean, I don't know, just a poll of my closest friends, everybody's feeling some level of anxiety. Every Mm -hmm. single person is feeling some level of, and and anxiety is a big word, but I mean, some level of uncertainty, like what even is next week going to look like? I have friends who planned a trip to Europe. That trip looks like it's going to get canceled. My daughters are in a play that they've been working on all year. The play is postponed. You know, all this, yep. am I going to get to see my friends? All the way up to, man, my mom's sick and I want to be with her. And I don't know if I can travel to be with her. That's not my scenario, but friend scenarios. Yeah, And I think in the face of that, we can coach ourselves with the right answers or we can actually come vulnerable. And I think that's the key piece for adoration And we see it in the psalmist. They didn't have pretense. They just went, why have you forsaken me? I think we can come with that vulnerability that is like, God, I'm freaking out. And I don't know what tomorrow's gonna look like or I'm really frustrated because I just need time alone and all these people are all up in my space, you know? Yeah. And so I'm gonna come with that vulnerability to your word. I think it opens us up to receive his Holy Spirit through his word in a way that we aren't normally as open when we come with the right answers.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Ladies, I know that there are a few things that I really want to instill in my kids by the time they leave my home someday. And one of those is to make them into readers who love reading. Do you remember how you felt as a kid when you would just curl up with a book and get lost in it for hours? Well, I want to create that same sort of atmosphere for my kids. And one of the ways that I am doing it is with Literati. Literati is a subscription book club that makes it easy to find unique and interesting books for your your kids by sending great stories straight to you. For a lot of parents, especially right now, it's so much easier to put your kid in front of a screen than help them find a book they actually like. And it can be really daunting for you to read the same book over and over again. But with Literati, they send your kids different books each month that they are going to love and you are not going to get sick of because you get a different selection every month. And we all know that kids who read books have better vocabularies and longer attention spans. So this is something I really want to foster in my kids, and I bet you do too. Plus, with Literati, you'll be doing something together. Each Literati box contains five beautiful books based on a theme and contains exclusive original art and a personalized note to your child. My girls love getting the Literati box in the mail. I thought the artwork they sent was absolutely beautiful, and it was really fun for them to get the personalized stuff in there. I think they got some book plates one time with their names on them, and they love the books, and I love the books. It's been such a great selection to get us out of kind of a reading rut and find fun things that were all centered around a different theme. It's just been a really fun experience all the way around and livened up our family reading life. Literati actively curates stories that spark curiosity and Soften the Heart, which saves you hours of searching the store or scrolling through lists of mediocre books online. And Literati will beat the Amazon list price. And you only keep your favorites, and you send back the rest for free. Join the largest kids book club in America with 1 million plus books delivered and tens of thousands of happy Literati families, including mine. For a limited time, go to literati.com lovely for 25% off your first two orders. This is their best offer available anywhere. To get it, you have to go to literati.com slash lovely for 25% off your first two orders. literati.com slash lovely. I I just want to share like a quote that pertains to that, that you have in the book. And it says the best time to adore is when I don't feel like it because adoration is not an exclusion of our emotions. And I think that is so important because a lot of us probably don't feel like, like worshiping right now. But you, I think right. there's a C.S. Lewis quote that you had in the book saying that when we are in worship, that's actually like the way that we are able to feel God's presence. I butchered that. What is it? <laughs>
1: Look it up. Here it is. It is I a have a couple of C.S. Lewis in yeah, there.
0: Yeah. Well, in this one on page 33, it says it is in the process of being worshiped that God communicates his presence to men. And we need that yeah. right now. We need to be able to feel that he is nearer And there were numerous times in the past few years for me where that really was the only time when I would feel like, okay, God's still here is when you are worshiping.
1: And I think it feels counterintuitive, especially because we have so much access to information right now. Honestly, Mm -hmm. it just feels easier to like refresh my newsfeed and see what's the latest than it does to get quiet. Mm -hmm. I mean, especially I've noticed even in the past week or 10 days, like, my proclivity to go to a quick fix has been, I, I just have gone there quicker. Normally yeah. I have a little bit more firewalls up in my life to like, not have me just search my phone for the latest news. But I think I've felt like, well, I'd have to, but yeah. now that it's settling in, I'm going, man, like my only reprieve is to go to him. And if I'm really going to go to him, I have to go with these emotions. Otherwise um, I'm di- divorcing myself from my heart. Yeah. Because my heart right now feels a whole lot of things. And so if I'm going to go to him, I have to bring those things to him.
0: And we are losing out on such an opportunity for him to grow us and bring us closer into alignment and belief of what he actually says. If we don't sit in that, that quiet, Hard work in those moments, because I feel the same way like i'm it 's much easier and quicker for me to go ahead and just distract myself by putting on a funny podcast than to sit with those feelings of being unsure and being scared but right. that 's where he can right. change our hearts
1: yeah I think that 's exactly right it 's like when we come most vulnerable, I think we 're also most open to change it's it 's very counterintuitive though, I think as Americans, mm-hmm. especially we have so much pride in our strength yeah. that to, it's almost like we as Christians need to redefine the script, like, that we need to actually say weakness is a power alley in God. I mean, that's, that's Corinthians. My power is made perfect in your weakness. Like I think we actually need to move into a new place as Christians in the Western world and say yeah. weakness is actually the avenue by which we will most encounter God. Yeah. That's hard. I hate being weak. I mean, I I feel like I wrote a book about being weak. Adore is really about finding God in your weakness. And yet still I'm walking through this going, I really don't like being weak. Yeah. I don't know. I don't like knowing if I'm going to be able to go to the grocery in a week. Yeah. You know, I don't like, um, not knowing what our plan is going to be three days from now because things are changing so much. Mm -hmm. And yet if I look at the word. His invitation really comes alive in me when I come weak. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And and to recognize, and you even quote this verse in the book, but that the joy of the Lord is our strength. It is like yeah. finding that in him that can often pick you up and help you to
1: keep moving forward. Yeah. And I think that's the thing that we need to remember. And I, I, you know, I write about in the book, us preparing for a hurricane. We were, hurricane was headed, we we were taking like a month vacation at my in-laws in Charleston, South Carolina. And and it looked like the eye of the hurricane was headed right for where we were going to be. And we're, we're, we live in the Midwest. We're not hurricane people. So here we are doing all this crazy prep, and really, I'm like starting again to identify the low grade anxiety, some of which, which I'm seeing again here now, mm-hmm. and recognizing that like everything in me wants to just task and respond because that feels like the most natural thing. But that if we can have a system interrupt, like if we can just say, wait a second, God wants me to talk to him right here that joy that you just mentioned is accessible. And I think we just need to remember, like we don't need to coach ourselves into feeling that joy. We actually need to like press pause. Mm -hmm. Even if it's for two minutes and say, I can talk to God here. I can bring my real emotions to him and I can let his word intersect with those emotions and I can walk away three minutes later and have his spirit lift me. And I bet some of, some of the listeners now have had that in the past few days where you've, you actually said, I'm going to put my phone down. I'm going to step away from all the noise. I'm going to talk to God. I'm going to re- tell him from his word who he is and tell my heart who he is. And I actually step away and I'm changed. I feel yeah. the lifting. I think we need to be reminded that he wants to lift us. He wants to give us power by his spirit now. Mm -hmm. He wants to give us joy. He wants Christians to come out of this with joy. And that doesn't mean forfeiting our grief. Yeah. It's actually, we bring our grief to him and he wants to infuse us with joy.
0: Well, and I think, I mean, kind of a little bit divergent from that is like, I think he also gave us laughter. I know even when my dad, or not my dad, my brother um, died this past fall, With Mm -hmm. me and my parents, we would still find these stories to laugh about, about him and like Mm -hmm. just crack up over the memories and then have other experiences that were so funny and be able to say, oh, he would have loved this. He would have thought this was so funny. And that was so healing that we were able to Mm -hmm. still laugh and find that joy. And I truly believe that is from God. I believe that he uses laughter and humor to help lighten that load of grief
1: yeah he, i mean the, the range of emotions that god feels mm-hmm. they are so big and i think that's maybe some of his whisper for us right now is the range of emotions that we are feeling we were made in the image of god and he feels and he can receive us in our emotions because he made emotions we don't need to we don't need to just push through them. But I think that what to do with them is really the, that's the question. What do we do with these big emotions and how do yeah. we let him give us the joy that yeah. we can't coach ourselves in getting?
0: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It can't be, it can't be artificial. You've got to really feel these things and go there. We kind of talked about that on um, my morning show this morning in the Patreon group that, You've got to feel it. You've got to go there. But then you've got to decide what to do with it. And ultimately, we've got to take it to him. Yeah. So I do want to shift gears a little bit because I kind of mentioned this to you before. And I don't know if you have any great advice for us. But because I so love this book and because Shell so loves this book and we think it is so needed right now, we have decided to do this book as a book club in the Patreon community for Cultivating the Lovely and so yeah I know it's so exciting Shell is actually going to lead it which is super fun she's (laughs) I know she gets on the podcast with me but she usually likes me to kind of lead things so when she just stepped up and said I'll lead it I was like okay sounds good so I'm just wondering do you have any advice for us as a book club of how to do this book in community from afar or how you think it would be best utilized in our lives or what do you think you
1: wrote it oh that's a great question well so the first six chapters are like kind of laying the foundation for adoration and i feel like because so many of us see adoration like i say that word and honestly i think it's like our eyes glaze over like adoration (laughs) (laughs) like some kind of spiritual discipline And none of us are in a time right now where we want to pick up a spiritual discipline because I think we tend to want to pick up spiritual disciplines when we feel strong. So I just want to, first of all, um, demystify that adoration is a spiritual discipline because in this instance, as I write about it here, it's not. So I think the first six chapters are great, would be great for a book club to just dialogue as you read through them. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, let's dismantle some of our understandings of what adoration really was Let's talk about what this can look like and kind of share stories of where we think we could start to adore. Mm -hmm. But then the whole second half of the book, um, I actually pulled my readers. This book has been about four years in the making. So about four years ago, I pulled my readers, like, what are your biggest questions about God? Like, what? sides of god's character and his nature that if you're really honest you struggle to believe and that's those last 30 characteristics that i have in the book oh wow i thought you know what and i'm reading through people's i you know i compiled that list based on people's responses and i went yep every single one of those i struggled to believe Mm too so i feel like if you could you know if you had maybe three or four weeks where you discuss the first six chapters Mm -hmm. But then, you know, anyone can go at their own pace. That second half of the book is really like a, like it's a toolkit. Like I want to say, here's how you adore. Let me hand this to you. So you can read in each, in each characteristic. I write personal stories because I just, I love stories. I'm a storyteller. I love reading stories. So some of my own stories of how I've grappled with that characteristic of God, but then practically questions to help you adore and verses to help you adore. So you might as a group want to pick like five or six. Mm -hmm. That you would go through together, like on your own, but then come together and discuss it like, okay, God is a healer. Do I really believe that he can heal? And I I don't necessarily mean like physically heal our bodies. That's an element of it. But do I believe he can heal my heart and heal the broken places in my life? Like let's for a week or two or three go through this on our own and then come together having shared our experiences of what it looked like to wrestle with that. Mm-hmm. Cause I think adoration to say, you want to start to adore. It's actually saying, I really want to wrestle with the sides of God that I haven't believed mm-hmm. until I come to a place where I start to believe them. Yeah. And so do that on your own and then come together. There's questions in the back that in, in with associated with each characteristic that would be great to discuss together. I mean, there's definite ones right now There's a couple of characteristics where I specifically talk about, you know, going through a crisis and Mm -hmm. handling the unknowns that you guys could pick through even for right now and go, this is good. Like, let's talk about the God who gives a song in the night because it feels like it's the night and I don't know that he's going to give me a song here.
0: Yeah. Is there anything interfering with your happiness or preventing you from achieving your goals aside from the obvious right now? Or maybe it's just a time of extra stress for you. Well, I want you to know about better help. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist, and I think there's no better time than now to make sure you're staying on top of your mental health. I know for me personally, counseling has been essential over the last couple of years, and having counseling that was convenient and easy for me to be able to do even from home has been just that much more helpful in helping me to relieve stress and stay focused and get on top of things in my life. It's made a huge difference. You can start communicating with your own therapist in under 24 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional counseling done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's counselor network, which may not be locally available in many areas. And since most areas are very limited right now anyway, this is a great solution. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room, as with traditional therapy, or, like right now, even have to leave your house, which is pretty essential that people can access things from home. So it's a great time to think about doing this. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if you need to. And it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. So visit their website, read their testimonials that are posted daily. Like this one that was posted about Karen House. It said, I feel so grateful that I feel I'm getting better day by day after sessions with Karen. She is so kind and helped me a lot. Thank you so much, Karen. You could have that same experience and be able to alleviate some of your stress by just being able to talk to someone who can professionally help you right now. So visit betterhelp.com lovely. That's better H E L P and join the over 700,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional and as a special offer for cultivating the lovely listeners you can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com lovely and I think it's so important like you're saying like give give it the time give it the breathing room to do the work that it needs to do. You're not necessarily going to get through one of those a day and just be like, okay, well, I'm good. I've like gotten all my adoration figured out. Like, yeah. This is a, a working through. It's going to take some effort and some realignment and some just chipping away at your heart to get it back in alignment with what he says.
1: And, and I think goodness, what better time than now to do it as a group. We actually, I am going through this book too with a group of women that I've been meeting with for several years. Wow! And we started, you know—we we cracked the book open like two or three weeks ago. I was able to get them some early copies before we knew that the world would tilt. And it feels so timely for all of us on our own to be adoring God and going, this actually, my flesh doesn't want to do this. I mm-hmm. don't want to adore God right now. I want to stay up on the news. But if I'm going to do more than just survive this... I have to, like, I kind of have no other option if I want to grow through this time.
0: Yeah. And it's really going to be one of those things that from the outside looking in, if you're not a believer, it won't make sense. Like why, why are you adoring him right now when everything's going wrong? You know, but I think that's an even more testament to why we need to
1: uh, yeah, that's the other piece. You know, so much of my book is actually, I mean, if I could retitle it, it would be like, How to Wrestle with God related to the things that you don't believe about Him. Obviously, you can't make that a title. That's, yeah. like, you know, 15 words, but, but it really isn't just about adoration. But, but in times like this, I also can't help but think, like, what does it do to move God's heart to see that His people would turn to Him and worship in mm-hmm. the darkest hour? It's so,
0: so vital for our survival right now. And, you know, it's interesting because I have a few friends lately. We've been talking about before even all of this Corona stuff started happening, how many women we know at the kind of like later thirties, early forties stage that we're at are, who are kind of coming apart at the seams, like their kids are getting a little bit older and all of a sudden they're struggling with major anxiety and depression and like mental health things, which are all very valid, but it's so interesting to us that it's all coming at this age, at this point when it's like, you're, it's so funny that
1: you say that my girlfriends and I have been saying the same thing. That's been our observation. Your late thirties, your early forties. It feels like, I mean, I had a friend say to say to me recently, and it really resonated with me. I was not this fearful when I was 20. Yeah. Yeah like there is something about having lived life long yeah. enough. And I, I mean, I personally think some of it's related to our disconnect of our whole entire story from the narrative of God, you mm-hmm. know, that, that we sometimes like to live siphoned off like just moment to moment, instead of seeing the fuller connect with mm-hmm. how God wants to heal our history and our past and um, bring the pains of our past into part of what, how he wants to release us. And equip us now, but I, it is fascinating to me how women that I look at who were walked in a lot of external strength in their twenties are buckling Mm -hmm. in their late thirties and forties.
0: Yeah. And it's, it's like, you have some sort of brazen, like confidence in your twenties that then when you see how real life plays out and people dealing with real hard things, it's like more at these age. I, I remember talking with Lisa Jo Baker last year and we were talking about how this is when we've seen, you know, friends, parents die and people getting cancer and divorces happening. And, and it's like that awareness of you, you see more of like, that's, those are the, the hardships that happen. And, and it's not even necessarily those friends who've gone through those things, but it's kind of like everything catching up with them. And some for some reason there's more mm-hmm. brain space when you don't have just a bunch of little kids necessarily. Well, you still do, yeah. but, but you know, there's, but there's, I think there's a, a shift that happens maybe not even in having little ones, but having older ones that just starts to somehow wear on us. And I think that this is one of those antidotes that we need to be acknowledging. Like, we need to focus on these sorts of things to help pull us through these very mired times in our lives where we have more fear and more understanding of just how (laughs) precarious life
1: is. Yeah. I mean, and I think it could be, it could be that this is the church's finest hour and this this could be our personal, I look back and I, I hear you saying the same thing about your past two and a half years. I look back through my hardest stretches of life and 2019 was in actuality that for mm-hmm. us, we have four of our four of our kids, as I said earlier, were adopted. And as they're coming into their teenage years, they're processing their stories and it's dark and hard for mm-hmm. them. And as you know, as a mom, when your kids are in pain, you hurt probably even yeah. more than they hurt. Um, so 2019 was that for us. And I look back and I'm like, I think actually I'm going to 10 years from now, look back on 2019 is the year that I grew the most. Yeah. And I, it's like, we hate being in it. But if we could, instead of resisting it so much, if we could lean just a little bit, I think there's a whole lot that that God has for us as believers Mm -hmm. right now.
0: Yeah, I I completely agree. And I think that you just have a lot of great small suggestions of how to do that in your book in a really beautiful way. So thank you. Everybody go order the book, pre-order it, because we're going to do it together. So (laughs) join us.
1: All right. I love it. That's so exciting.
0: Okay. So now we're going to move into kind of the end of the interview where it's, it just seems very odd to be asking these questions now. Um, some we've got to do it. I know, we've <laughs> got to do it. And so I'm going to ask you what a day, a typical day looks like for you now and what it did before all this corona stuff happened.
1: Well, my life, because I homeschool, my life hasn't changed a ton, mm-hmm. though I will say like The small well, my big kids' lives have changed. I've got teenagers, and this is the time in their lives where they're not yet driving, but they're totally social. And so, (laughs) it's—I mean, my kids are like my my kids, even though they're teenagers. I know we're a little bit we're luddites over here, but they don't have phones. But Mm -hmm. they use our phone, so like they're doing they're connecting with their friends. They have like Facetime Hangouts now, and instead of me driving all over the place, I'm actually like. Um, handing over my phone so my kids can connect with their friends over FaceTime. That's probably the most dramatic thing, but it's not all that, I mean, it is, it's not all that different, but in some ways it is pretty dramatic because when you've got teenagers who want to be with their friends a lot, you're in the car a lot. I'm just not in the car all that much.
0: Yeah. I used to be a homeschooler and then I have friends who are homeschoolers still, and they're like, i even though I was a homeschooler, I felt like I was constantly running kids to activities and we would go to the park and we would do all of that kind of thing. Yeah, and now to have that
1: yes. shut down, it's it's very odd. That's for sure. And I'm telling my kids like, don't eat too much of that.
0: Yes, I know. <laughs> Me rationing too. is happening. Yes,
1: totally. I totally. know you're hungry, but stop yeah. eating.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you can get through. I will make three meals a day. That's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So what is some way that you are currently
1: cultivating loveliness in your life? Yeah, getting outside has been a huge thing. Mm-hmm. And it seems small, but it's been pretty significant. I think I noticed it because for about a week in the midst of this, like probably Thursday to midweek this week, it was cloudy and rainy. And I'm like, I'm going crazy. Why am I going crazy? My life hasn't changed that much. But I think it's just not been able to get outside. Cultivating lovely for me um, is getting outside with my kids and just noticing the world around us. Like, mm-hmm. you know, my littlest ones have no clue what's happening yeah. right now. And I'm so grateful that Bo's just, my son Bo is just pumped that he found another snake today that he can keep <laughs> in the terrarium, you know, Virginia's yeah. hunting for butterflies and that's how we're cultivating lovely.
0: I love that. We've been doing a lot of getting outside too, like as much as we can. And taking off our shoes like I'm like we need to get grounded guys like it's been cold and wet and I mean we had a snowstorm at the end of last week and now it's like warm enough where we've just been getting our shoes off and getting outside and standing on the earth and it's been so good for all of us
1: yeah it's it is I mean in some ways I think what we've needed most we're kind of forced to have now
0: yeah it's true. My kids are so sick of it, too, because I love the movie, um, The Trouble with Angels. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's so old. It's with Haley
1: Mills. What it's like from no, the 50s. Have to look I love everything Hayley yeah. Mills. We just yes. watched the old parent trap with our kids. Yes. <laughs> well, she's like this
0: troublemaker who is sent to a Catholic boarding school and so they've got, you know, these nuns that they're dealing with all the time and they make them go out for these walks in the morning and she, they go for these walks and they're, you know, the nuns are always telling them heel toe, heel toe, shoulders back. And, and then they would say, breathe the fresh air. It's good for you. <laughs> so I'm saying that all so now way. you've got a new phrase for your kids. Yeah. They're like, oh, That's geez. Awesome. <laughs> but, no yeah. more. Yeah. Breathe the fresh air. <laughs> I'm like, I've just got to show you guys the movie because it's not even
1: making sense how funny your mother is. They're like, well, I know I have to yeah. tell my kids often how funny I am. I know it's, pretty, it's a big bummer. Yeah. I'm like girls, you have no clue.
0: Yeah. You have no clue. You struggled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. This is totally off topic, but my oldest son, he's almost 14. And when he was little, he would watch Phineas and Ferb all the time. And I uh-huh. loved that show because it was really smart humor and he has started watching it again now that it's on Disney+. Plus. And he came to me oh. just last night and he was like, oh my gosh, mom, it is so much funnier now because I get these jokes the that the just... Older, the adult human. Yeah, yeah, the ones that just <laughs> went over his head now he thinks are hilarious. And so it's so funny. That's to awesome. Me, like seeing him watching Phineas and Ferb again like 10 years later. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. That dope.
1: is yeah. awesome.
0: Okay. Are you ready for my stock questions, Sarah? Go for it. Okay. Candles or essential oil diffuser?
1: Candles.
0: All right. Cloth napkins or paper? Cloth. All right. That's, that's amazing. You have seven children. Go you.
1: Well, I mean, like on a day to day basis, paper, but like if I'm going to serve a nice meal, cloth for sure.
0: Good. Okay. That's we awesome. might all
1: have to be using cloth here for True.
0: It is true. We're going to have bidets and cloth napkins.
1: <laughs> yeah. Happening. But don't ask me, don't ask me disposable or cloth diapers because. <laughs> I'm, I'm, never been never will be
0: See, cloth I, diapers. I did cloth diapers and now I'm like oh my oh, goodness people like
1: you amaze me how did you survive I, I feel don't like know. that's that's right up there with like a real American feat
0: <laughs> it was it was an alternate universe I was living in at the time it's it's different now okay city or country
1: country all right
0: paper or digital oh
1: paper for sure
0: Okay. Shopping, would you rather do it online or in-store as though there was a choice right now? Really? Online and it's neither right now. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) right. Okay, it's four o'clock or whatever time you would make dinner and you need a mental break. Do you listen to a podcast or music? Oh, podcast. Okay. What are some of your favorite podcasts to listen to?
1: Oh, it changes pretty regularly. Um, Right now, what am I listening to? I like... At home with Sally, Sally Clarkson's oh, podcast. Yeah. You've had her on before. Yes. You? Yeah, okay. I like, um, I actually like Anson's. sons. It's like a group of millennial guys, two brothers, millennial guys. But I just, for whatever reason, they also speak to the 40 year old mom. Honey. <laughs> um, I appreciate Ransomed Heart. I like their podcast a lot. Um, also, like Pete Scazzaro. Pete Gazzaro is the most emotionally healthy leader. Okay. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure there's like a dozen I would think of after this because yeah. I'm, I'm a kind of a junkie. But
0: okay, yeah. but that's a good good working list. Improved, chocolate, milk or dark, dark. Okay, sports or no sports.
1: Oh, no sports. But I'm married to a total sports buff, so I've got okay. by default sports. Yeah,
0: <laughs> except for right now, there are no sports. <laughs> so all of us who I aren't know. into it get off the hook. Okay. Live broadcasting. Would you rather broadcast or watch? I don't know. I think watch. Okay. What is your favorite movie? Pride and Prejudice.
1: Which one? Knightley okay.
0: Person. Okay. That is a yeah, very popular a favorite one. one.
1: Did- yeah, we did BBC. I just didn't like it as much. You yeah. just can't beat Keira Knightley okay. in that role. Have you seen the new Emma? I haven't, but honestly, I've been a little turned off by the trailer. Have you really?
0: I have seen it.
1: I and I loved it. Okay. Well, so my girls, like I, we're, we are big Jane Austen fans. So I'm like, I don't know guys, but if you, if I have somebody telling me that it was really good.
0: Well, and see, Maybe I watch it. I went to it with two of my friends who are huge Jane Austen fans. I keep trying to read Jane Austen, haven't, haven't gotten there yet. I need to. I know it's bad. It's horrible. I can't believe I used to be a homeschool mom, and I've never read Jane Austen. But they well, approve. Some
1: You love her, you're haters. Some people just don't.
0: Well, I just, it never, I never took British lit. I took American lit. Like I just need to go there. I need to do it. Maybe that'll be the next book club we have in Cultivating the Lovely to just do it.
1: You're gonna pick one, pick Persuasion. That's what, that's what I downloaded actually recently. Yeah, good. Persuasion, if you can get past, like, I mean, I know her writing is tough to get into in the sense that like you can't really read it in small increments and do two two other things at once. Like I think for our attention span fractured culture it can be tough but persuasion yeah. if you can get past the first like 30 pages it's okay
0: great. okay i'm gonna do it i'm gonna commit during- and write up a character list because that will help you uh, or
1: at least print one up on
0: online okay good to know that is good to know but yeah i had two friends who have read emma and they loved the movie and I love Josh O'Connor and we laughed though afterwards because I was like, you guys, even though I haven't read the book, I knew everything that was going to happen because while you guys read the book, I watched Clueless a number of times in the 90s. So I know everything about this story. That's awesome. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I think I did too. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So, so for anybody out okay, there, so I think I may them. watch it with my girls. Yeah. And now All it's right. going to be streaming because they pulled oh, it out of Oh, awesome. Theaters.
1: Of yeah. course. All right. Yep. Well, I'm glad you told me that we may. Now I've got two movie recommendations for this weekend.
0: Yeah, there you go. Okay. Final question. If you were to put yourself on the crunchiness spectrum, where zero is totally not crunchy, and 10 is like singing kumbaya by the fire with your legs unshaven and dreadlocks in your hair, where would you be on the spectrum?
1: Oh, I might be like a seven. Okay. That's- no Not cloth diapers. In. Like the I don't make diapers. my own deodorant, but I do wear <laughs> native. So there you, go. <laughs> there you go. That is high praise. You're,
0: you're, you're ranking up there. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Sarah. Like I oh, said, I, I so just appreciate it. I think this book is needed right now. God knew God knew we would need it. So thank you oh, for writing thank it. Thank you. Well, I'm pumped that
1: your group's going through it. Let me know if there's anything I can do to help.
0: I will for sure. All right, well hopefully we will talk again. Thank you. Yep, bye. All right, that's it for this episode. If you would like to access the show notes, you can go to boldturquoise.com slash 160. We would love for you to head over there and be able to use our Amazon links because you know, if you use any of those Amazon links, it gives a little credit back to us. Even if you don't buy the thing that you clicked through on, you can buy whatever you want and it still gives credit to us without you having to pay any extra money. And you guys, if you haven't gone and checked out The list that Shell and I created for last week's podcast, the Corona Survival Kit, we have been adding to it every day. It's getting bigger and bigger. It has so many fabulous ideas for not only surviving this time, but also cultivating a little bit of loveliness in the midst of it as well. And you can find that kit by simply going to boldturquoise.com slash Corona Survival Kit, and it will take you straight to the ideas list on Amazon, where you can see everything the prices what all is there it's a great distill down list health products to nail polish like we've got a really really great list working there we've got books we've got chocolate we've got everything that you're gonna need to get through this time so be sure you head over to boldturquoise.com slash corona survival kit to get what you need so that you stay mentally stable during this crazy, crazy time. And while you're on the internet, if you want to leave me a little rating and review in iTunes, it would make a big difference. Thank you so much to those of you who do that. Thank you for those of you who share the podcast on social media, who tell your friends about it, who share about the Patreon community. We're really here to serve you and we're trying to really step things up so that you feel supported in community and loveliness and humor during this absolutely insane time okay we love you guys thank you so much for listening and until next time stay home and be bold and gracious